0: Good day, everyone, welcome to another episode of New Zealand Salesforce Podcast. Today with me, i got a very special guest, Andrew Hessen, uh, who's the Salesforce Delivery Manager at Front. Andrew brings in lots of Salesforce experience on product ownership, product management, and managed service side of things. Uh, in this podcast, we'll be talking about the Salesforce managed service side of things and, and about product ownership. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Welcome to my show. Hey, Vikas. Thank you. So uh, the first thing I wanted to ask, how did you start your career in the Salesforce ecosystem? And what was your first role
1: like? Yeah, it's interesting question. my background before Salesforce was working in, in the business improvement space. Um, so more around um, you know, driving better business outcomes through business process and people change and that sort of thing. Um, but my first role in, in Salesforce was actually um, with a media company. Um, so implementing um, Salesforce um, across their business. Um, so that was a, a print media company that was um, trying to get a bit of handle on um, their customer relationships, but also to help their um, salespeople trends translate their print sales into digital sales so uh, my first job was around um, initially taking a look at the end-to-end business process um, but as often happens with this sort of thing um, you know once the the sort of salesforce uh, platform build was completed they needed someone who could actually explain um, and train and maintain um, and own um, that platform and so i sort of slotted into that role because it just sort of worked really well i mean from a business improvement perspective in the media industry the most important thing is revenue right and so if you're doing a salesforce implementation you're going to drive revenue um, and that's kind of what it was all about so yeah um, a bit challenging role and, and sort of went through a lot of lots of different um, uh, sort of phases and um, And, you know, from my first sort of hands-on and using Salesforce and Classic um, through to using it in Lightning now. But, um, yeah, it was a really exciting time and, um, you know, it was a pretty awesome platform. And what kind of I found amazing about it was that a lot of the stuff that historically I've been doing around uh, business improvement was around actually um, getting people to follow business process, um, implementing, you know, automations, um, that were all sort of outside of like the core systems, but you know, with Salesforce, you had this platform where you could actually design that in, where things were just you know were, were sort of built with that in mind, and you know, very configurable, very scalable, um, and so you know, getting that sort of uh, validation and, and um, customization, you know, wasn't you know a big change process. It was you know, something that you could um, you know just build into, make life easier for people. Um, and look, if um, that taught me anything, um, you know, working alongside. Um, salespeople, you you appreciate that their job is actually a really hard job. Um, And, you know, they're in a a situation where, um, you know, they need you to take away as much of the the sort of non-selling related tasks as you can. Um, And so we pushed pretty hard to get it done. Um, And, you know, that made a big difference, I think, to to their ability to sell and, and I guess how confident they felt in front of customers.
0: Right, that's right. I mean, that's one of the advantages of salesforce, right? It makes the job so easy. I mean, I think the sales was when they started for the first time, uh, they wanted to target the sales people, but I mean they they've gone way beyond that. Now you can do a lot of stuff. And like you said, the automation is one of the you know the biggest advantage. Right. So that's that's pretty cool. Thank you very much for that. Uh, so what aspects of the role did you find most challenging?
1: Yeah. Um Most challenging? It depends on what you're talking about, right? I mean, if we're talking about product ownership, um, you know, you're always trying to juggle the priorities. And, um, you know, I will be very um, suspicious of any product owner that has more budget than they have problems, right? Um, So you're always trying to, um, you know, juggle different stakeholder needs um, and make those judgment calls, but but also try and um, apply, you know, what's going to get the most bangs for your buck um more recently sort of working in a managed service space um the the biggest challenge would would probably be more around um, because in managed services uh, i'm providing um you know break-fix support as well as continuous improvement um sort of solutions for for a number of customers so the biggest challenge in that space is probably more around the context switching um so you know rather than being an expert um, at, at a really deep level um, in, in one particular business and, and you know the roadmap for that business and, and the issues and problems with that business um, you know you're forced to be um, i guess um, spread a lot more thinly um, across a lot more, um, uh, different businesses so at any one time I'll probably be um, across five or six different orgs um, in, in a given week and needing to sort of shift context from uh, okay what well, you know this is company a and their industry is, is you know this and and their priorities are that and you know the, the, this is how sophisticated their org is so needing to, to make decisions that are appropriate to, to that particular business um, and, you know, um, deliver changes which sort of meet their, their expectations and their, their needs and their priorities is, is, is kind of tricky. Right, that's
0: right. Okay, that's cool. Um, so coming to the management, right, I just wanted to uh, dig in a bit more. So do you think that the man- Salesforce service is the best way to go forward for companies who run Salesforce uh, as, the pro- you know, as the main uh, product for their business?
1: So could you just repeat that question, Vikas?
0: Um, oh, yeah. So, so I was saying about the managed service, right? So do you think that managed Salesforce, managed service is the best way to go forward for businesses who works on Salesforce space?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, having been in that product owner space, um, you know, what a managed service gives you um, is, I guess, a bit of security and, and um, I guess that. It takes away some of those sleepless nights. Um, So you know that you have somebody, an expert pair of hands that that can guide you through um, some of the decisions that you're going to struggle to make. Uh, And bear in mind, you know, in in that sort of space, you know, uh, you've got a a sort of a bench of quite experienced um, Salesforce professionals um, who've been, you know, seen a lot of different types of of issues and challenges, and and chances are if if you you have a problem, they they would have encountered it before, or if not, they've got a pretty – pretty clear pathway to resolve so um, look i think it, it kind of helps an awful lot um to have access to those sort of resources um, and so you can focus on the the priorities of your business um, and and when you know you're outside of your comfort zone um, you can bring in um, some expert resource um, or you know you've got the other angle where um you know there are other sort of aspects of managed service where um you know when you're running out of uh, capacity to get the the business improvement type stuff done, and you want to focus on your your sort of big rocks um, within your, your product roadmap, but you know you still have um, stakeholders that need to be um, sort of kept happy, um, you know you can pass that off to a, a partner who can um, you know provide that going forward. Um, the other thing which which is is, is pretty helpful um, as a um, product owner. Um, with a managed service arrangement is is you can have someone who's essentially got your back um to to, i guess review what's coming down the pipe um with your salesforce releases and and be able to interpret that into uh and put that in context around your org so um hey there's a great opportunity with you know the you know uh, winter 21 release you should be you know focusing on on this particular functionality um or actually do you know what um you know, in February, you're going to need to sort of change the way you, you, you use this log into your org, and that's going to be a big deal. You need to start thinking about now, that now. Um, you know, you need to have, you know, multi-factor authentication, you know, implemented. So, you know, what's your plan? Um, and so, you know, it helps you, I guess, outsource some of the hard decisions, um, but also gives you that comfort that the decisions that you're making are the right ones.
0: That's right. That's right. So you think it's safer to assume that the Salesforce managed service uh plays a big role in reducing the cost on a customer side
1: yeah that's a good question and it kind of depends on on um i guess the stability of your um and it depends on um a a number of other factors right so if you've got you know a reasonable reasonably sized sort of core team um you know you can be reasonably self-sufficient but what you find in a lot of cases Um, is businesses, you know, either don't have the budget to invest in a a permanent full-time team um, or maybe they don't have sufficient work to keep them occupied, um, you know, for for a full-time. Or the other thing which we're seeing increasingly in New Zealand um, are struggling to secure um, and retain um, that Salesforce talent. Um, A a lot of businesses are finding it really tough um, to recruit um, or retain um, both functional and, and technical skills within their business, um, and it's something we can we can provide from our bench. Um, and you know have them I guess stabilised and you know performing and I guess securing their investment in the platform um, even if that's just for a short period of time while they're, they're sort of filling um, filling roles or um, you know that can be cost effective in the medium term so yeah it, it means different things for different people for some of the smaller businesses it, it makes sense to have you know a reasonably low headcount and, and actually you can get some of the specialist stuff done um, you know through a managed service contract um, but in some of the bigger cases uh, bigger businesses uh, you know maybe overflow from their, their sort of core team um, or filling gaps when they don't have capacity
0: right okay cool thank you very much for that um you touched about a very important topic mfa right which is getting mm-hmm. very older, uh and self-defense right um so you think that customer finds that challenging i know that you know you know, most of them hasn't implemented MFA yet, and now Salesforce was saying, okay, let's get into MFA, They don't want to bring it in MFA. So based on your experience, how challenging the implementation of MFA for from a customer perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, and this isn't a Salesforce specific issue. I think, you know, the recent events in, in Waikato with um, the ransomware attack, and, and that's you know, not just an issue in New Zealand, but globally is really, um, you know, putting that whole security of access um, and identity management really front and center for a lot of a lot of people in the market at the moment. And it's not just about accessing Salesforce, but hey, there's a lot of really valuable, really crucial information that's about you know in people's CRMs um, that they need to protect. Um, generally, you know, MFA it doesn't need to be a big deal. Um, you know, and actually, you know, having implemented it. Um, with one or two customers, you know, six or seven times um, in multiple environments, you know, you can, if you've got, you know, all your ducks in a row, it it can take sort of 15, 20 minutes to actually get it up and running and implement it. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of, I guess, institutional knowledge that you kind of need to have to make that seamless and to to, to implement that effectively. Um, There's a couple of different parts to it. There's a single sign-on, but there's also Uh, user provisioning and deprovisioning which can get a bit trickier Um, but getting that functioning um, is is really important and and generally you know most businesses will be using um, either as your know, AD or um, Google um, identity, um, both of those platforms integrate really nicely um, into, within into Salesforce. But look, even if you, you aren't using that kind of identity management, um, the Salesforce uh, Lightning login or Authenticator is a perfectly good option um, in that space. And you know you kind of need to, to 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 deal with it. I and mean, Salesforce kind of does this, um, you know, fairly regularly. There'll be like a major change that. Um, you know, needs to be implemented, you know, globally. And, and they're great at providing you with the resources to be able to get it done right. Right, um, right. And I guess another good example, I guess the most recent one would have been the guest user on um, permission thing. And, you know, pretty much anybody who had a, a Visual Force page or a, a set of Salesforce sites or a, or a customer community actually you know, had to make some changes um, to, to continue working and you know that that's also a good opportunity i think um, for to bring in a, a, a consultant a managed service consultant who, who can provide you with a bit of direction around hey you know this is the issues that you need to address. Um, and, and it's one of those sort of smaller things that we'd often, you know, pull within a managed service contract. I mean, because, you know, essentially it's it's not a, a sort of, you know, major change, but it's technical debt that just has to be addressed. Um, and if you don't address that, you'll find yourself in a bit of a challenging situation sort of come February where, um, you know, every user in your organisation has to to have MFA sort of configured. And if they don't, um, you know, you've got a bit, bit of a problem
0: right okay cool yeah i mean i think the main thing is that most of the government uh, firms right they're a bit picky on the side of things when it comes to security aspect so having an mfa touch right will kind of give them an assurance right salesforce is pretty good about the security side even though like you said they're right in azure and uh, AD will do the pretty good job but you know that being said you know just uh now like you know a recent experience with one of the government phone that they're, they're very much into oh the salesforce security is not so great so having an mfa just an extra layer of security so yeah
1: that's yeah absolutely and look if you implement it really well um it can be easier than the username and password um and that's great right you know it, it makes life easier and and you know, for all of your users. And, and so, yeah, it can be a bit confusing. And I guess the consequences of, of messing it up, um, you know, you add a bit of tension to the whole situation. But, you know, if you execute it well, um, it actually, you know, makes your life a hell of a lot easier.
0: Right, right. Okay. Now, another question I just wanted to ask around the tech depth, right, uh, since we talked about the managed service role, especially from a New Zealand uh, point of view, right, um, we were seeing a massive surge in the sales salesforce requirement and salesforce demand is growing, right? And now, but that brings with the challenge as well, right? People find a lot of opportunities to move elsewhere. So, so when we talk about the managed service role, right? And tech up, how difficult do you think uh, to retain a talent, right? So, because obviously we're gonna sell them, you know, managed service to a customer, but the customer's like, oh, okay, but, but it's very hard to retain a talent. So, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, um, the, we're we're finding it difficult um, to to recruit people, um, and you know we're we're having lots of our customers are actually you know asking for help um, to to find people that have got um, Salesforce experience and Salesforce skills. And um, certainly, you know, when I've been um, client side, I've, I've often had um, you know. Um, Systems administrators that are sort of you know built built up over a number of years that, that are sort of almost doubling their salary overnight and you know it's very difficult to compete in that market um, you know to, to to retain your skills um, and, and and I guess in in that situation um, you know you need to, I guess prioritize um, you know what you're doing so it did answer your question because I wasn't 100 percent sure.
0: Yeah, yeah that's right that, that's that's pretty good i mean that's i mean i was just gonna ask on that context but that's all good so that comes to my another question around certification right i mean so that's one. i think i mean i i've been asking these questions to other guests as well uh do you think the salesforce certification plays an important role or you think it's not really important or does it help you know to help? Uh, a service to a customer saying, "Oh, look, we've got certified consultants."
1: Yeah, look, it's a really good question, um, and I guess my experience in that space—I I actually got certified quite late. Um, so I was a product owner for probably three or four years um, before I, I had my first certification. Um, and, and you know, w- what tends to happen in that scenario is—is is you know your org fantastically well, you know everything that's relevant to your business. Um, and, you know, keeping the lights on and keeping things running and, and meeting your, your sort of um, your business needs. Um, fantastic. Well, but w- what certification kind of forces you to do um, is to expand that knowledge into the whole domain. Um, so, you know, it's not just about um, what's relevant to you. So look, if your business isn't using sort of enterprise territory management, you don't mind that about it. Um, you know, if you, your business isn't using um, service Cloud, you know, there's a whole raft of objects you never, never even need to touch. Um, but when you go down a certification route it, it, it kind of forces you to have I guess quite a broad um, set of knowledge and understand you know lots of other things. Um, and to be honest, I think you know when I was doing my my um, sales cloud certification and my certification, I, I probably learned about new products that I should have been using um, and you know I got a bit a lot of insight around actually where I could deliver some real value for my business. So like I think um, from a pure product management and product ownership perspective, I would uh, you know definitely encourage. Um, you know, product owners or, or you know, systems administrators to go down that certification route, um, both because, you know, it helps you better understand your own org and, and what the options and best practice looks like. Um, but but also um, it, it, it helps you consolidate the skills that you've learned on the job, if that makes sense. Because, um, yeah. you know, a lot of people, you know, have that, that sort of knowledge that's particularly relevant to a particular industry or a real niche, um, but when you have certification, that's essentially demonstrating that you've got transferable skills. Um, and that opens up a whole raft of other windows for, um, and doors for you um, to, to sort of shift elsewhere within the ecosystem and, and I guess pursue um, you know, other roles that, that you know, are on the platform. Um, and that's something which is pretty unique um, to, to Salesforce. Um, and I guess, for example, I, I sort of trained and I graduated as a chemical engineer, um, and that kind of restricts, you know, my job prospects to, to, you know, operating in um, like a heavy industry or a chemical engineering space. Um, but if you, you take a look at um, sort of certification and, and Salesforce, you know, there's probably 90% um, of, the, you know, the... the the FTSE 100 um or the nzdc 50 um sort of businesses are, are sort of using this product and this platform um, you can you know deliver meaningful and valuable um sort of change and support in a real short space of time um, in any of those businesses um, you know because you're essentially you know, operating and configuring the same platform um, you know there's no degree that the university or a technical institute offers that, that gives you that same breadth of transferable skills, or that same breadth of industries that you can shift between, um, and and you know no, that's something which is super important um, and you know super valuable and, and you know helps you flex and, and manage your career. Um, so yeah, two key things about certification helps you you know do better at your current job, active, but it also gives you um, you know that ability to demonstrate that you've got the transferable skills and and you can shift into pretty much any industry you want to.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, I personally find certifications very available as well, especially uh, when I was doing the integration one because I know they used uh, something called MoleSoft, and I, mm. I you know Molesoft, which is pretty powerful. Uh, that's cool.
1: And, and it's, it's and, pretty, it's pretty hard though. I mean, don't. It's, it's you know you've got to put the time in and and you know you can't just expect to walk through them and it's stressful as well um and you know it, i I probably have two or three certs that i should have done um that i know i i, I can pass and i know i've got the skills and, and the domain knowledge but you know just finding the time out of you know work time and home time um is really challenging but you know i, I always find you know once you have committed that time and energy and effort you, you generally you know it helps you um in so many different ways um, yeah. I mean, yeah
0: that's right that's right and since you mentioned that about the chemical engineering heavy lifting industry right i mean the salesforce uh from my experience i mean pretty much used in most of the industries like i mean one of the uh in my previous job i worked for a, a company where we had a client pharmaceutical companies they're using salesforce which is pretty interesting. So yeah, like you said, it's a transferable skill, right? You can jump from one industry to another industry as long as you know the uh, product. So yeah. So looking into the future, right? So I mean, Salesforce is going at a very fast rate. So do you think that you know more? You know, Salesforce. Uh, do you recommend people uh, from a different uh, group to learn Salesforce? I mean, say someone uh, is doing working on a different different platform right so and they were thinking to learn Salesforce. for do you think that it's a it's a great move
1: i, I think you already know the answer to that question because yeah of course it is um it's it's a fantastic move um and, and you know i think one thing which is is really important for people to understand is, is that the barriers to entry um to becoming a salesforce expert um are, are pretty low um you know you've got um you know really helpful and accessible and, and thorough training material, which is available through Trailhead. Um, you know, you have a, a sort of wide range of, of different sort of user groups and um, you know, um, communities that you can actively participate for free. Um, you know, you're not looking at, at, um, at a, a huge investment, of anything, other than your time. Um, and, and I guess the number of um, colleagues and, and um, uh, staff members who, who I've seen, you know, develop and grow um, you know, from, um, you know, reasonably entry-level roles into to really fantastic jobs in a really short space of time is, is, is amazing. Um, I think the other thing is to bear in mind, and, and people talk about it a lot, um is it, it, there is a massive skills gap um, in, in Salesforce um, skills. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it, if I were to, to be, you know, training and entering the, the sort of job market, um, you know, right now, you know, it would be, you know, absolutely um, a, a, a no-brainer, um, even actually if I was, um, you know, looking for a part-time job, um, you know, while I was at university um, or, you know, even at, at high school. Um, it, it really, you know, if you've got, um, you know, a, a solid um, sort of set of skills around, um, in, you know, understanding businesses and, and and understanding, you know, data and, and that sort of thing. Um, it's so accessible and and so easy to, to sort of get, get yourself underway and get yourself moving forwards. It, it, it's definitely a no Um Yeah, so look, I'd encourage anyone who's um, even, at, you know, in a, a sort of job break, um, you know, between roles or, or searching for the next, next challenge or, or wondering what to do next, um, just get stuck in. You know, you can, you know, I've seen people who, you know, move from, you know, like a sales support role, you know, earning 30 or 40K to being a salesforce functional consultant in a space of a year. And, you know, that's not a huge amount of training, but it's a massive move in terms of, you know, your your marketability and your earning potential. And I guess, you know, the types of challenges that you get in your day-to-day job. You know, it's incredibly rewarding to be able to sort of, architect and build out, um, you know, a, a platform that, that essentially runs a business um, and, and, you know, you don't really get to engage with those types of, of sort of stakeholders, um, you know, on, on other career paths. Um, you know, many of my, my sort of, you know, colleagues and and, and I was sort of, uh, my first role at, um, in the Salesforce space for, you know, talking with the sales, sales director and the CEO on a regular basis, it's that important. Um, you don't. And being in those situations, you get to learn so much so quickly, not just about your platform, but actually about what's important to the CEO, what's important to the sales director, what's important to the marketing director. You know what, what brings revenue in the door. Um, you know how do we forecast that revenue? You know who are the who? What makes a good salesperson? What makes a bad salesperson? These are skills that you know can help you in, in any um, role that you choose to take in the future.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Thank you very much for that. I think, you know, uh even the high school kid, like you say, right? I mean, they can, you know, have a look at it. It's a pretty great opportunity to do, you know, to get started with the part time. And if they like it, then you know, put That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much what I wanted to ask today, Andrew. You've been very helpful. Thank you so much for your time. I mean, really appreciate it. I know it's you know half a five, uh, so really appreciate your time today.
1: No problem. Thanks uh, Thanks for calling me because, I mean, um, hopefully at some point in the future we'll be able to, to have this kind of a chat with the beer, but, yeah, we sort of seem to be uh, remote with you down in, uh, in Um So, yeah, we um, should catch up sometime. Cool. Thank you. Cheers. All right. See you later, mate. Bye. Bye.